guarantee to classify yes, as three letters. Cause our history guys, we got Eric, Ellie, who else? We got Brian, listen every time, you know it's gonna be some fire. Everybody certified, it's Pocket Rock, ain't tell no lies. You be my lose your mind, can only put this in your time. Welcome back to the Commander's Declassified Podcast. I am L.E. We just had another game where it looked like we had an opportunity to win. It looked like we might do something today. It looked like we might be all right. It looked like we might figure it out. But in the end, it resulted in a loss, and that is not how we want to end things up. First and foremost, welcome everybody who's watching us live and uh, – it's a it's a tough tough week to to lose this game with the Titans that had so many injuries coming into the week, and we had the inspirational return of Brian Robinson Jr. Um, Eric, tell me where it went wrong. I mean, the offense is just not good. Um, you know, the two big plays to Deami Brown was pretty much the offense today, um, and you know this you said it last week. The offense relies on big plays. That's the only way that you know, it's able to put any kind of points up and you just can't live like that. I mean, that, that's something that you have to attempt during the game, but it's not a way to make your living on offense because you're not going to get two or three deep plays every single week like that. Uh, and even if you do, it may not be enough to win. I thought the defense played well enough to win today. Um, they weren't great. I mean, you know, they gave up 100 yards rushing, but I mean, it's Derrick Henry. Um, but, you know, give up. you give up 21 points, you should have a chance to win. You know, this team did have a chance to win, but Carson Wentz went all Carson Wentz uh, at the end of the game. So it is what it is. Um, You know, I didn't think, uh, you know, I wasn't sure we'd get to double digits this week, but with all the injuries the Titans had, I was feeling a little bit better. But, yeah, just the the offense just isn't isn't good enough to get it done right now. Uh, Yeah, (laughs) to say the least. I mean, I think there were some positives on offense that I saw, like the emergence of Diami Brown. Uh, You know, we need every skill position player we can get within this offense that is just determined to throw the ball down the field when lose or draw mostly lose by this point. But uh, Brian, what did you see in the return of Brian Robinson that you liked? Um, the one thing that I saw, uh, usually when you get somebody with um, an injury um, and this one, I don't know how severe it was, but when you hear gunshots, it sounds severe to me is right. Are they playing tentative? Um, you know, uh, are, are they going to, you know, lower their shoulder and actually hit somebody and try to drive the pile? And uh, that's what we saw from uh, Brian Robinson. He did not seem to have any kind of uh, fear of being back out there or, or, not having the willingness to lower his shoulder into somebody. He was uh, physical. Uh, there was um, limited carries for him as, a, you know, they they had him on a pitch count. They weren't going to give him that much work. But you heard even during the week, uh, Scott Turner say, you know, we're not going to run the ball 30 times. Uh, so, you know, you already knew that it wasn't going to be a run-centric uh, game plan, whether it would be him, uh, Gibson, or Jonathan Williams. They just they weren't going to do it because that's not what Scott wants to do. So uh, I thought it was awesome to see him out there. Um, you know, I think that probably gave all the players a boost, certainly gave some of the fans uh, a boost to see him out there. Hopefully he gets uh, a little bit more involved as they ramp him up. Um, but, you know, hey, he had a handful of carries, um, you know, that <laughs> literally his first carry, which got like eight or nine yards, wiped out because of holding, which kind of told the story of the day on offense. We do something and then we immediately get uh, some kind of penalty uh, after it. So tough to to do anything on offense when uh, when those types of things happen. You keep shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah, I'm certainly happy to have the kid back. I mean, like you said, to come to overcome what he went through to make it back onto the football field and in five games, no less. You have to feel good about that. Um, none of our running backs were effective in the carries that they got today. As a collective, we ran the ball very poorly today. Uh, throwing the football wise, I don't think we were all that stellar outside of the last uh, two minute drive that we had. But we had some plays. Uh, some plays were certainly there to be made. Eric, how do you think Wentz looked overall today? Um, he had a little more time to throw. I think um, Sadiq Charles having a week a week of practice with the starters and. Um, Cornelius Lucas stabilizing the right tackle position. That right side of the line was was much better than it has been in recent weeks. Um, so he was able to get his, you know, get behind a couple of throws and follow through um, and have a little bit more time. But still, you know, he wasn't great. He looked good on a couple. Obviously, the deep ball was working today. 
Um, still had some just wonky throws where he doesn't set his feet or he rushes when he doesn't have to, or he holds onto the ball too long. Um, so, you know, it was an okay game for him. Uh, it was better than, you know, anything in the last couple of weeks, but obviously that last uh, drive kind of leaves a, a bad taste in your mouth. Um, that whole thing, that was just a disaster. And I know it's, you think, you know, I don't know about you guys, when they got the ball at the two yard line, I was like, uh, I don't think they're going to score. Because, you know, you have, I mean, the Titans know you have to throw the ball. You, can't, you don't have any timeouts. You can't run the ball. All they got to do is sit back. You saw the one play where they dropped the defensive lineman into coverage and said that was a brilliant uh, defensive call. Um, so, you know, I, you know, I wasn't feeling good even when they got down close. But, you know, you like to, you like to have that one if you could. And honestly, I think McKissick would have been short of the goal line. The game would have been over anyway had he even caught that ball, had it not been intercepted that last pass. It looked like he was going to come down maybe with his knees in the end zone, but his, the ball was going to be, you know, at the one-yard line. So, you yeah, know, not great. Um, you know, the play calling, again, you're just relying on deep shots and you're relying on just, you know, short throws and then letting your receivers break tackles. It's just not a great way to scheme an offense. Um, so Carson Wentz, I don't think is the only problem with the offense. He, uh, I, today, I guess I would say that he was neither the problem nor the solution. Yeah. But what I are we saying? The, um, we talked about this though, on the, the preview pod during the week, uh, with Jahan being out with Jahan being so good in the red zone, having caught so many, uh, red zone touchdowns to start the year, you know, we said, all right, well, who's going to step up and replace him? And here it comes. It bites us right on this final drive. We don't have an, a viable option in the red zone. And, um, you know, we got what we got. Where was Cole Turner? I didn't, was he out there in the last couple of plays? Cause I didn't see one look at the six, five guy. Yeah. Um, you know, we saw the, the bad throw on first down debates in the, in the corner. Um, and then two to the running back. But I mean, Cole Turner was MIA. I think they were going like three receiver sets. Um, I'd have to go back and look cause I wasn't paying that close of attention, but yeah, not a well, not a well called game. Um, yeah, very, very disappointing. This was a, this was probably, you know, this and maybe Chicago are the last two chances we, this team has to win for the next month at least, uh, and possibly more because Houston is looking much better as well. So we'll see. Cole yeah. Turner, three catches or three targets, no catches. Yeah, I mean, targets is uh, is a loosely defined, uh, you know, air quotes because most of the throws in his direction were not catchable. I think, uh, I mean, any given Sunday, right? And I think, uh, you know, the the lot. I wanted to focus on this last two minutes of the ball game, and I want to start with that call on third and one where we had that throw to Cam Sims, and I know Cam Sims' reaction was such that would make you think that he uh, caught that football. But I didn't see the the hurry in in running the play or, or throwing the flag out there. I mean, you know, it's at home. We're on offense. We control when that next ball gets snapped. I I, I don't understand how as a team there's there's somebody upstairs in the booth or something that says to Rivera, hold the flag. <laughs> That's not a play you want to challenge, right? And I get it was third and one, but you knew you were going to go for it on fourth and one if you didn't make that anyway, right? So. I just I didn't understand that situation, and that came back to really hurt us because that took a timeout away. You can't challenge that close of a play and lose that timeout when you're on your final drive going down the field. It's just it's too important, and somebody has to tell Ron that's not a catch before he throws that flag out there. I was that was horrible to me. I and think then, it was emotion though. Did they have time to even tell him to not throw the flag, or did he just chuck it? Well, no, there was time. There was time. Okay. It's I actually missed that. I missed that play. I, I, I hate to admit. Yeah, he. There was time. Rivera was. I mean, the play happened in front of Rivera. So one, he uh, he saw it, or he should have seen it, and then you know he took a, several seconds before he decided to throw it. So there was time for someone to get into his ear and say, "Hey, hold it, coach." Um, but he probably went with Cam Sims' reaction, which Cam Sims' reaction was, "Hey, I caught it." So if he got, if he let, um, you know, his player kind of decide for him, I think on that, and he went with them. I, I actually, I know a lot of people didn't like that play call. I did actually like the the specific play call because it snuck somebody out, and he was wide open. A better throw would have done a lot more for us. It wasn't a horrible throw; it was a good throw, but it could have been a better throw. Uh, and Cam Sims would have had an easy catch and a ton of yak after that if he could have caught it standing up. But nonetheless, I think it was the right throw, was the right play call in that situation. However, 
um, you know, just the situation with the time or the uh, the challenge just really bothered me on that. The fourth down call where we ran it and we got the uh, first down. Did we run that the following play? I think we did with Brian Robinson, right? He was kind of lined up offset as a fullback and he took it up and got the first down. Great play call. That's what we want. And then, you know, fast forward, you know, we were finally hitting our receivers on the outs and they were taking it out of bounds, stopping the clock, moving the ball down the field. And then we got the deep shot to Terry, which resulted in a pass interference on the two-yard line. The two-yard line. Now, to Eric's point, he said he never thought they would score. I was certain at that point that we had figured this out. And then I, I texted you guys and said, why is Brian Robinson not in the game to run the foot? And I was like, oh, yeah, well, because we lost our last time or really that other timeout that we had on that stupid review. So, therefore, you can't run the football because you can't – and the, the announcer said this, run the ball, spike the ball, and that nobody's going to do that. You're not going to give away a down – on the, on the two-yard line when it's your last series of the game. That's not going to happen. So once that timeout was gone, we essentially had to throw the football. Um, so the, the then we're in the red zone on two-yard, and then every single pass is going to the middle of the field. I'm like, what are we doing from the two-yard line where everybody is at? Why are we and, – and, and you mentioned it, Brian. We missed Dotson because what does Dotson do? Dotson run those little flag routes to the corner of the end zone. Yes. Why can't somebody else run that route when he's not there? I that's that route is a staple route for tight ends in this league. Where are all the pick plays, rub routes, things like that that get guys open going outside, not into the traffic? It was just it was insanity to me what we were calling out there. And I'm like, somebody's got to get in Scott Turner's ear, Ron Rivera, and say, bro, what are you doing? There was almost a pick on the on the prior play. We got lucky there. I'm like, guys. We can't throw this ball in the middle of the field right now. It's not working. It's not working. Do something different. Run somebody outside. We didn't throw the ball towards the back of the end zone. Everything was right in front of us, right behind the defensive line and in front of the linebackers. I'm like, what, what is happening? I, I don't understand. It's yeah. critical moment play calling, critical moment game management that is really killing this team right now. And that is on the coaches, if you ask me. No, uh, absolutely uh, is on the uh, the coaching staff. It, it's something that, um, you know, we got to uh, I want to point out or we should probably talk about um, Tennessee Titans. Right. Um, they threw the ball 25 times. They ran it 28 and they put up 27 points. We put up 17 points and we threw it 38 and we ran it 12 times. That's it. Like, uh, you know, for all the people who want us to throw more, I'm I'm more than happy for us to throw the ball 40, 50 plus times. But you better have Justin Herbert. You better have Patrick Mahomes and you better have their offensive coordinators as well, too, because when we throw it as much as we do, we lose. I mean, it's just that simple. We throw it this much, we lose. Today was a slightly better. Um, Carson Wentz didn't throw it 40-plus times. He didn't look as bad as he had the uh, the past couple weeks. But, again, uh, we lose. We're, we we need more balance. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, banking on those uh, big deep shots, I just don't think is a, a way to kind of move forward. Well, get used to it because that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see it changing. Um yeah. Do you do you see us? Do you see a change in philosophy at this point in the season? I mean, I don't. No. Well, no, we're going to do what we do. Maybe though, you know, maybe as B Rob gets, uh, you know, work back up to speed, maybe they can, you know, do some more kind of running and, and build play action off of that. But I just don't see it. It's not in Scott Turner's like mindset to to want to pound the football, and you know, he can get sat down and talked to you by Ron Rivera, and it may change for a game or two, like it did last year. But, yeah, it's just not what he wants to do. And um, I am sick of looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Dave in D.C. says, just terrible not to use Terry or Sims at the two-yard line. When the season is on the line, you must go to your star. You simply go to Terry. Terrible. Yeah. I agree. Find a way to get him the ball. J.D. McKissick has had a very down season to this point. Why are we going to him with the game on the line? And he didn't – first of all, why is McKissick running his route short of the end zone to begin with? Yeah, that that I guarantee you is play design. That is a Scott Turner staple. Make, let your guy make a play. I mean, it's, it's dumb. I agree. Yeah, Sure, it's dumb. I hate it, but that's just what Scott Turner likes to do. I mean, he runs routes short of the sticks. He runs routes short of the goal line all the time. It happens pretty much every week. It's just what the way he, he runs his offense. I don't get it. I'll I hate it, but it's not going to change. 
I can't wait till this Cam Sims 30 for 30 comes out and they finally explain why they never use Cam Sims and Cam <laughs> Sims situations. Because, Dave and DC, you're correct. You have a six foot five wide receiver and a six foot five quarterback on the two yard line. And the secondary for the Titans was not playing well today. And we don't even look at doing that whatsoever. Somebody needs to be investigated for that. Horrible. I'll do you. I'll do you one better. What did we just see two plays before the PI to uh, on Christian Fulton, uh, the cornerback? Test him again. Like I would line Terry up on him again, or Cam Sims on him, and test that cornerback again. Go up there. Let the ref, uh, you know, make one of these calls uh, for pass interference that they, you know, seem to make just against us. So you know. Those are the things that you know always infuriate me with uh, Scott Turner. Hey, you guess what? You 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 found a weakness in this one guy. He's having problems covering somebody. Go to him again. Keep yeah. doing that. Um, but we didn't do it. And uh, yeah, just like you guys said, we we run some play with McKissick that's short of the goal line anyway. And um, you know we <laughs> we it turns into an interception. Yeah. Uh, Matthew Duncan says bench Wentz. I'm not there. I actually think Wentz is improving week by week inside of this offense. I, you saw him do better things inside the pocket. You saw him step up. And I think you actually saw him with a little bit more control at the line of scrimmage. Now, was it good enough at this point? Absolutely not. And I do wonder at this point if there's still not a little bit of chemistry issues between Wentz and McLaurin with McLaurin not being there in the offseason. And maybe that's a reason that we're not seeing more targets to McLaurin. I don't know. I, I want that answered. And truthfully, I want that problem solved. McLaurin should be seeing the bulk of the targets. I thought Carter Samuel was very quiet throughout the day until the last two-minute drive. Um, so I don't know. It, it might just be everybody. I, I don't understand. <laughs> that was I a don't, Why are you benching Carson Wentz for Taylor Heineke? And I know yeah. people are going to want Sam Howell in there. There's no point in ruining Sam Howell's career by trotting him out this early yeah. when you have no chance of winning. You're going to lose the team if you do that. But, I mean, Taylor Heineke, I, I mean, he's fine as a backup. If Wentz goes down, put him in. But he's not better, I, I, and I man, there's people that I'm never going to convince of this. They're just there's there's, there's the hive that just going to always insist that you know we should have just rolled with Heineke this year. Maybe we should have. We're pretty much getting the same result. Yeah. But um, you know there are throws that Carson Wentz can make that Taylor those two to Diami, um, Heineke isn't making those throws. Um, he's just not. So no, don't bench Carson Wentz yet. You know, if we're if it's week twelve and we are one and eleven, go for it. Bench bench away. Put Taylor in. Put you know Sam Howell in. Play for the first round or you know number one pick. Hopefully with a new front office in place. Um, but yeah, at this point in week five, I don't I don't see why you bench your your team's not going to improve with Taylor Heineke. Uh, you know he can hold it down and you know keep it steady, but you know you're one and four, so keeping it steady is basically more losing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yam in Japan says Wentz threw for well over 300. We just choked as an entire team from top to bottom again. Garbage time that. yards. Yeah. yeah. Well, but a lot of them. Time. the last the last time. hundred was well, uh, no, the last hundred was prevent defense yards. Uh, Fine. Come on. Look, we were in position. Wentz put us in a position to win the game. And at the end of the day, he threw a ball to a receiver who was short of the goal line. That last interception, it counts, but at, but there should have been better play calling. To take advantage. The one thing like, we keep saying that Scott Turner can draw up really nice plays, but in terms of situational play calling, he struggles. In terms of identifying plays that takes your best talents from your best players and puts them in the best position to win, he does not do that. I don't understand why. He is still not calling a game to Carson Wentz's strengths. Exactly. I don't get it. There's nothing to the deep middle of the field, there's nothing. Within 20 yards. We say it every single week. He's doing what he wants to do. And what was a quote that uh, Scott Turner had this week when he was asked about uh, Wentz's ability to audible at the line of scrimmage? It was something like, we want to run our plays, right? No, no. he he basically said, uh, the so that when the reporter asked him if Wentz could uh, change plays, he literally said, he can change protections, not so much plays, uh, but we really want to get to the line and run our plays, which essentially told you right then and there, He's got zero opportunity to change plays. Um, and um, Scott Turner wants his plays run, not what plays are best for the team or the offense or what better suit uh, the talent we have on offense. 
but he just wants his plays run, uh, regardless of the situation and whether they're you know beneficial to us or not. He just wants to run his plays. Yeah. Skin them alive says Scott Turner's the most predictable offensive coordinator in the NFL. He is not a very dynamic offensive coordinator, at least not a play caller, not a play caller. I, you know, his, like I said, his plays look pretty decent. The calls and when they happen, not so much. Uh, he, he needs work on his run game, too. His run game design is not good at well, all. Just, just think about this. The Seahawks, again, put up over 30 points today with Geno Smith. Yeah. How's that possible? We've got Carson Wentz. We've got the receivers. We've got um, – we should be putting up similar, but we're not. We had 17 points today, that, uh, and we struggled to get that. It took two big plays, and we still could barely get to uh, 17 points. Jack Joe Starr says Turner's like a 10-year-old in Madden. <laughs> you know what I would have liked to see at the goal line is Wentz go under center and then run play action out of that. Um, and then, you know, maybe bootleg right and then find somebody open. We just didn't do anything like that. It was our typical, he's in pistol or he's in shotgun and he's just going to throw the ball as soon as he gets it. And it was like, God, th there's so much more creativity that we could put in place here. And you know what? If you're going to lose a game anyway, take a chance running the football. Even if you have timeouts, lose a game going forward or something. But by God, do not throw that ball short of the goal line. And it is Jesus, man. That was a horrible play. You might as um, well be speaking German right now if Scott Turner's listening because he has no idea what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. It's like it's an express Deutsch. Uh, yeah, I took German in high school. Thank you. Look at um, you. <laughs> hey, uh, defensively, uh, Eric, you said before, I thought we played a little bit better today defensively. I thought that Montez Sweat had a monster first half. I, I, I would have loved to have seen him do more of that in the second half. I thought uh, Derek Forrest was great. Cam Crow had a nice play on that screen to blow that up. Uh, William Jackson was not in the game. Brian, tell us what happened. <laughs> yeah, so he got benched pretty quickly um, right after the game started. It was uh, maybe middle of the first quarter. I think he had missed a tackle um, uh, on Derrick Henry, and it wasn't so much that he missed the tackle. He shouldn't have been in that position in the first place. He was supposed to keep that um, kind of outside leverage, outside contain, and he didn't. He rushed down uh, in there inside and uh, you know gave up a, a, a run to um, – uh, to Derrick Henry. And I think right after that, he came right out of the game. But I mean, this was your big acquisition two years ago or two seasons ago, um, big contract, big free agent. And you took a guy who played man corner, who excelled at uh, man coverage, man press and made him, you know, zone corner. And uh, it hasn't worked out and you've kind of refused to play to his strengths. And, you know, he's still struggling. He's not picking up what he needs to in, uh, in, you know, in the past two seasons here. So it's just a bad combination from his own play and from the coaching staff. And they finally kind of acknowledged it and sat him down today. Yam says, yeah, I hate to see it because yeah. he has an injury to a disc in his back. Is that accurate, Yam? And if so, uh, look, get well soon, Jackson, but stay on the bench, man. <laughs> I like how whenever they play poorly, there's always an injury that comes out um, afterwards. Right, Russell Wilson's playing poorly to start the season. Now we hear that there was some kind of um, shoulder injury or elbow injury. But starting the season, there was no talk of that. He was good to go. Yeah. Jack Joestar says, do you guys think the team will always suck as long as yes. Snyder stays the owner? Yes, when I do. The last time we were good. No, I think this team will never be consistently good. As long as we'll have a we'll have a season here and there, um, but as long as the, the the owner is in place, I am convinced this team is never going to be what it once was. Um, we just the he's just not a good owner. The the ownership isn't in place, um, and the decision making is always comes from a place of being a bad owner. Honestly, uh, and I I I don't think we will always suck, but I don't think we will ever be consistently a good football team. We'll make a, we'll have a few playoff runs here and there might even make a deep playoff run once in a while, but it will always follow up with uh, disappointment. This team will never be able to consistently win as long as Dan Snyder is in place and he's only what 55. So yeah, we're <laughs> pretty much, I'm going to die. Never seeing another championship. I don't know, like uh, what the like with the Bengals, right? Like they were the Bungles for decades under what is it, Mike Brown or mm -hmm. Paul Brown or whoever it was, and uh, I mean honestly, they just 
they were drafted number ones for decades. And essentially, I think I feel like they just got lucky with Burrow and that that just flipped everything. Right. They well, they actually hit on a guy who is a franchise quarterback. And all of a sudden, you know, they started to win games. All of a sudden, players wanted to go there and want to go there. And uh, things clicked because I don't think that head coach they have there was that great. Um, when Burrow got hurt his rookie year, they what, won two games. And then when he came back, all of a sudden, everything changed from there. So um, is it possible? Absolutely, it's possible that we can uh, we can be good, uh, even if Snyder is still the owner. The unfortunate question or reality is how long before he actually makes uh, a good hire at the head coaching position or the general manager position? Like if we get somebody who's uh, competent, I don't see why we can't, right? I can. I do. I see why we can't. Uh, even if we, let, we were to draft a Joe Burrow, uh, this front office and ownership would screw it up and they would leave after four or five years as a free agent. I am convinced of that. I have no faith whatsoever in, in Dan Snyder as an owner whatsoever. So like I said, and it remains to be seen on the Bengals because what are they, two and two right now? Did they win today? I, I didn't see. Uh, let's, see how they, let's see how they follow up that Super Bowl run before we start crowning them consistently great teams under yeah. Mike Brown. Um, I, I, we need to see more than, you know, a good season. I, I mean, Joe Burrow is great. Jamar Chase is great, but we shall see because bad owners do what bad owners do. Um, and yeah, we have a bad owner, unfortunately. And honestly, you know, people want to go to, to Cincinnati. It's a little bit, nobody wants to come to Washington, uh, as long and the ownership is a mess. Stadium's a dump. We have the worst stadium in the league. Um, doesn't look like we're getting a new one anytime soon. Fan base is dwindling. It's just not. This is not a great destination. Um, so yeah, you really need somebody. Uh, That's why you have to hit on there. You need to hit the lottery. You need to hit the lottery. And even if yeah. you do, you need to not screw it up. And I just don't trust Daniel Snyder to not screw up. He's done I, nothing to this point to make me think that he won't. That's why, like, it's so important to draft the franchise. Right, the retread quarterback route will only get you so far. You've got to draft your way out of it, and uh, especially at the quarterback position, you've got to find a guy who can be here, who can inspire hope, who can actually change the scales, tip the scales for you in terms of winning and losing, and we haven't been able to do that yet. Not not, not going to happen with Rivera. He is not drafting a rookie, especially this far into his tenure and starting over. He is going to retool and try to figure it out. Um, I will say this, though. Um, you know, they, they took a chance on Wentz because they clearly believed in him, but then they didn't put a line around him that he could be successful with. He is not the kind of player. And I don't think this is news about Wentz that you can put a shaky offensive line around and expect success. I don't understand where, what their evaluation of, uh, Norvell told them, you know, what did they see in him that said, Hey, we should sign this guy. The same thing with Trey Turner. They are failing Wentz period. As front office folks, they are failing him. If Wentz had a better offensive line, I think you'd be seeing different results. I, I truly yeah, I believe know. that. And and maybe that's not possible because of salary cap issues. Then don't bring Wentz in if you can't put around him what he needs to be successful, including productive tight ends. We have John Bates and Cole Turner out there. And look, those are great depth guys. And Logan Thomas, and okay, whatever. He hasn't done anything. He's been hurt this year. I just I feel like we are losing this year strictly because of front office situations, which are impacting the on the field product. But the issue is, who's our front office guy? It's our head coach. Um, to answer the question, in my opinion, about the Dan off Dan Snyder situation, I don't think anybody can use that excuse. You got to go to work and do the job you're paid to do. And one thing Dan Snyder has done with Ramavera is is concede full control to him. Dan Snyder has no say about basically anything in the organization, right? What What's the excuse now? He gave Ron the full keys to the kingdom and Ron hired himself to play all the parts in the movie. And that's the issue, right? You can fix this. You can fix this. Look, if you think Ron's going to be here a long time, that's great. I think Ron's going to be here for the five years. And then after that, we're going to try to figure out what we're going to do. And I think we need to go young, but you need to hire a legitimate general manager. That's where it starts in the NFL today. General managers, in my opinion, are almost equally as important as head coaches are. Look yeah. what the Rams general manager is doing with that team, finding guys, fitting them under the cap, and then balling out. They got off to a little rocky start, but you understand the point. They won the Super Bowl last year. Tampa Bay's general manager, 
figured it out, how to get Tom Brady and a bunch of other dudes. It, it, we say this all the time. The NFL is becoming more and more like the NBA every single year. It's not you, you mentioned the draft, Brian. The draft is important, but it's about finding a way to creatively get guys under the cap that can contribute that are high value guys. We are building through bargain bin coupon guys and expecting a better result. It is never going to happen as long as we are roster building like this. It's very Scott McLuhan esque, right? And Scott McLuhan did some very nice things back then, but we need to target top in talent. I love Terry. Curtis was a decent signing. He's he's been proven, you know, he's proven himself this year relatively well. But you know, you can't give bargain bin guys or guys that are kind of in that middle tier because you know the NFL has to put guys in tiers. Your your top tier, your second tier, third tier. We can't. We got to stop getting third tier guys and giving them second tier money. You know what I'm saying? If you have to. That's the problem. To get guys to come here, you have to overpay. No, you don't. But no defense. No, you're not going to get a superstar GM candidate to come work for Dan Snyder. If somebody's got another option and somebody who's highly sought after and well-respected, is you're going to have to way overpay that person to even think about coming to this team based on where we're at with the ownership, the whole ownership situation. Like I said, the fan, but there's so much going against this team and it all starts at the top that you're, you know, you have to overpay bargain basement guys. You, you do, because that's the only, those are the guys that can't go anywhere else because nobody else really is looking for them. And you have to, you know, they're choosing between, you know, Washington and the Jets and the Jaguars. And, you know, you have to cough up a little bit of extra money because those are the, those are the kind of guys that, that you can get. It's why they had to go trade for a quarterback this year. No free agent quarterback or a quarterback that can control where he goes wants to come here. This team is, I mean, this team is a dumpster fire. And I hate to, I hate to be the uh, guy who poops in the punch bowl, but that's just what it is, right? This, like, you know, you want a top tier GM, great. That top tier GM, you know, can probably go work for, you know, Pittsburgh or, you know, whoever else is looking for a GM, New York, Dallas, those guys. Well, not Dallas because it's Jerry oh. Jones, but I mean, somebody, if somebody's choosing between Washington, DC and Miami, they're going to choose Miami 10 times out of 10. It's just the way it is. That's where we're at as an organization. And it's going to take, you're going to have to hit the lottery with a young person who isn't well known, who comes up through the ranks, and, you know, maybe in your organization and you promote, I don't know, but that's the only way you're going to get a top tier person here is to win the lottery. You have to get lucky. That's the only thing that's going to help this I team. I disagree. There's no salary cap for general managers. You can make it happen. Dan Snyder can open the checkbook. And you, and but it, look, at any rate, we're talking future. We just lost to the Titans. Let me get back to the Titans because yeah. I think you know that that's a good conversation for the offseason. We're definitely going to dive into that because you know Snyder will be the offseason now. <laughs> don't look for all you folks listening out there. Eric is a positive person. I know him personally. Okay, he does have positivity in his system. He's a good. I dude. calls it like I sees it though. <laughs> <laughs> let's talk. Let's talk about Milne on special teams. Brian, assess Milne as a returner. Um, Milne is an average at best returner, and that is really largely dependent on the fact that he is sure-handed, right? He's not going to fumble it. His decision-making on when to field a punt, when not to field it, when to let it bounce and roll, that's all questionable. Once he actually fields it, um, he gains, like, no yards. Uh, I think Eric made the comparison that, uh, you know, his arms and legs look like they're moving all fast, but he gains no yards. And today, it was kind of the same thing. He was out there. He was trying really hard. His arms are moving. His legs are moving. And he gains no yards. And he did something today where he was making moves on guys and the defenders weren't even near him. And I, I just don't understand what he's, you know, what the special team – coach is teaching him in terms of returning he just got to catch the ball and run straight like because whatever he's doing um i saw on twitter somebody made the comparison that um dax Milne always looks like he's in a hurricane trying to run like it, and it just that's that's what it is i mean he just doesn't gain yards but that's all we got right now because for whatever reason they refuse to use gibson uh back there i would be putting him on kick returns and he'd be taking snaps and, and getting comfortable at punt return as well too you've got to maximize everybody on the roster we're not good enough to let guys sit around um i would be trying to uh, replace Milne though as soon as possible you got to have a guy but you mentioned it sure hands that's that's what matters especially to ron rivera I, you know i was watching that denver game on thursday night and it was awful but Melvin Gordon fumbles the ball consistently, and he's still in the game. 
you know, because because he makes plays for him as a as a receiver out of the backfield. And I just kind of think about this, like with um, Gibson and you know the return game. It's like you know it's 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 definitely important to protect the football in the league, but at some point you have to have a playmaker somewhere, right? And you know Gibson since Gibson's definitely protecting the ball better. He has no fumbles this year, but he is doing nothing in terms of playmaking and. Is that a worthy exchange, in your opinion, Eric, of Gibson protecting the ball but not playmaking and, and basically going nowhere? I mean, he's at, to, after today's game, he's going to be averaging under, I think, close. he's going to be pretty close to three and a half yards of carry. Gibson, yeah. I don't know if protecting the ball is hindering his production or the fact yeah. that he's just not that great of a running back. Yeah. Um, you know, he's made plays in the passing game when they've used him, they just stopped using him. So I, I mean, I'm all for him. You know, I never really thought that highly of him as a runner anyway. I uh, still don't, but there's a role for him. He's just not being played in that role. And hopefully with Brian Robinson coming back, maybe that frees up Gibson to take some kick returns to, you know, be didn't today, but be used in the passing game. Um, he did have three catches on like two on one drive and pick up a bunch of yards. And then they just forgot he existed again. Um, screwed over my fantasy team too. Um, but <laughs> they, yeah, you know, it's, I, I don't know what they're doing with Antonio Gibson. I think you, you saw against Jacksonville, what he can do and the way he should be used. They just uh, are, I don't know if it's too stubborn or if it's just not there, what's going on. Maybe he doesn't want to do it. I don't know. But they stopped doing that, and he's extremely ineffective this year. You know, ball security is great. Um, I don't know if, you know, him being looser with the ball would make him any more effective. He's just not that great at what they're using him for. Yeah, I don't think it's um, that he's – Gibson hasn't changed how he run, uh, holds the football. Like, I, I think that's probably like a misconception that people have. Uh, I, if you look at how he's being used – he's not getting the same amount of carries up the middle. And that's where all of his fumbles would happen is up the middle. One, because we're just not running the football. Uh, and two, uh, they they have shied away from giving him uh, some carries up the middle. You know, Curtis Sandal has gotten some carries up the middle. Um, for, for whatever reason, we still won't give Jonathan Williams carries up the, uh, up the middle uh, as well, too. So I think it's just more, you know, how Scott Turner is using him. I think Scott Turner probably has more fear that he'll fumble and has uh, thus it's affected uh, Gibson's uh, carries and how he's utilized. I hope that they start using him more in the past game. It was nice to see him catch a, a couple of passes late in the game uh, today because he was able just to essentially turn around and run up the field for a first down. So uh, I'd like to see more of that uh, from him. Him, but um, I think it's more with how Turner's using them than, um, you know, anything that Gibson's doing on his own. Yeah. Well, I disagree because Gibson is definitely covering the ball with both hands and got his head down. He's tucking it in tight when he's going through the hole. But nonetheless, at the end of the day, none of our running backs are being productive running the football. So, you, you know, point heard there. Um, let's talk about some of the folks that did well this game outside of Montez Sweat. I thought Jamin Davis had a nice game. He was very effective, very active. He's improving every single week. His coverage was excellent. Um, Cole Holcomb. I, I like to trash on Cole Holcomb a lot. I'm not a huge Cole Holcomb fan. But Cole Holcomb was very productive today, and I thought that he did a good job of eating up space around Derrick Henry and getting in Derrick Henry's grill. Uh, Eric, any other players you want to shout out that had a good game today? Well, John Allen, of course, had a great uh, yeah. game, um, as per usual. And uh, we got to give a shout out to Deami Brown, of course. Uh, I was really rough on him, especially after the preseason, because honestly, he was terrible. But he had a uh, two really nice catches today. Um, he was fighting on it. I don't know if you noticed. He was fighting the ball on that first one. He looked like he was really trying to drop it, but he managed to hold on. So good job. Second catch was great. The lefty one-hander um, with the you know defensive back holding his right arm. I thought that was a you know fantastic catch. So good on Deami uh, for showing up. Let's see if he can you know be consistent. And uh, yeah, Montez Sweat, of course, you know, let's see if he can, you know, turn that into some production or if he's going to go back to disappearing again. Yeah. Uh, Dave in DC says use of running backs is a mystery, but so is how we use Terry. We do not use our players to their talent. So strange. And, and Dave in DC, there is no better evidence of that than Diami Brown today. They finally just let him loose as a deep target, which is what we thought he was drafted to be. And guess what happened? You gave you let him do what his talent allows, and he made plays. Last year, if you go back and you watch those games, they got him running slants for days, which is never what he's been, right? 
He's a deep threat guy. He's not going to be a seven-catch guy. He's going to be a two- to three-catch guy, but he's going to get you chunk plays. And then I bet you next week they're going to be back to have him run the stuff underneath, yeah. and it's just going to be crazy. Yeah, what's funny is they don't run slants to anybody else. Right. <laughs> like Terry McLaurin yeah. would be money on slants. They never run those. I don't, exactly. I don't understand it. I don't know. It, it makes absolutely no sense to me. I, I don't even know what routes Terry is running, but I know when I'm watching TV, He's not flashing across my screen ever across the middle. I got a 75-inch TV in my basement I'm watching these games on, and he's never on that screen going across the middle. It's it's just ridiculous. And uh, I think you, you, you hit the nail on the head right there. Now that we've seen Dayami catch these two big plays, he'll be inactive for the next three games. We won't see him because that's what we do. When we find something that works, we immediately go away from it. Uh, whether it's in the run game or the pass game, we go right away from it. And, um, I mean, we we hit Diami on those two big plays. Okay, why not try again on a third one? I didn't see another third deep shot to uh, Deami. We just went right away from it. Like you keep doing something until the defense makes you stop doing it. You don't uh, just stop doing it on your own. Like that's, that's just, you know, one of the frustrations that I have with Scott Turner is you've got to keep doing something and exploiting any weakness you have until the defense change. And when they change, then you can now change and do something else. And that's how you get a defense off balance. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't hold out hope. We're going to see some emergence from Deami Brown now because of how this offense works. Yeah. Amen, dude. Like, you know, even running the football, when we're effective running the football, it's only to set up play action. And instead of saying, we can run the football on you at any time we want to, and you're going to just deal with it. We don't do that. We're going to say, okay, we ran, well, we got eight yards. All right, it's time for play action, baby. <laughs> We're going deep. Uh, you know, so it, it, it's frustrating. Yam in Japan says, I'm a cancer survivor, and I often get in discussions about life and struggles. And when people ask me what has been the toughest challenge in life, I always tell them being a D.C. sports homer. Well, first of all, we are very grateful and thankful that you survived cancer, man. Absolutely. Uh, here with us so congratulations to you on that battle um you, being a being a fan of dc sports teams and i'm gonna throw Baltimore in there as well because i'm an orioles fan is very difficult it's you know but i tell you what man you know you get another day at life to try again that's that's an amazing thing uh skin them alive says you brought in retreads and you expect to win who expects to win i, I think he means like that so um yeah we talked about it. the the offseason roster building is really showing its flaws right now and, and Brian, is there even a way that you could fix this right now if you wanted to? The only way to fix it, right, you're not going to be able to go sign uh, new players. You can certainly sign a couple of guys, right? We've all talked about the Eric Flowers, but that's just kind of like one spot, right? There's not, um, you know, five or six guys that you could sign out there. Currently on the, the roster right now, the only way that you can kind of get uh, better production out of the group that we have is you're going to have to change the way you think how you can play, right? You know, Scott Turner thinks that we can just throw bombs all the time. Um, you know, defensively, they think that we can just sit back and the front four uh, will get pressure all the time. They certainly looked better today, but that doesn't mean that they looked better last week. That doesn't mean they'll look better next week. So we've got to change our approach to these games and look uh, for weaknesses that we can exploit within the teams that we're uh, coming up against. Um, again, we saw that Deami was working, but we only took two temps. That's it two attempts to Deami, there should have been more deep shots on him. I would have kept doing it, just like how Jalen Hurts kept throwing it deep on us, just like how the Tennessee Titans, when they got stuck on their offense, they had no other option. What did they do? They threw it deep on us because they knew Bobby McCain will give you the catch or he'll give you the defensive pass interference, and he gave them the catch. And those are things that we don't do. We don't do the common sense things. So, um, yeah, are there things we can absolutely do? Yes. Will we do it? No, because it requires the coaches having to say, okay, I was the one who, uh, you know, my ideas weren't working. I've got to change those. And the coaches aren't going to do that. Yeah, that's – but that's – see, that's a telltale sign that, you know, it's time, it's time for a change. And I don't want to be the guy calling for a change because Lord knows we just had enough of them. But if you're gonna, if that's gonna be your thinking, then you can't be a coach or a GM or anything in this NFL. Uh, let's see, live. Let me let me get this right. Live Wire Sports Entertainment says Ron is tanking this team. Eric, you buy that? <laughs> Not on purpose. Um, I think he's doing what he thinks is right. It's just what he thinks is right doesn't work. Um, so yeah, I don't think he's purposely trying to lose. If he was doing that, you know, we'd have Sam Howell out there. 
you know, right now, but you know, we're not tanking games on purpose where you're just tanking because we're not a good team and he built the team. So yeah, can't argue with you, but I don't think it's on purpose. That's all I can say. I just went to look at the standings on NFL.com and I was like, okay, let's see where the wild card is. Cause you know, seven teams get in the playoffs now and it's early. But my God, I did not realize we're the worst team in the NFC. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, what? Just think about when we did the uh, the offseason uh, pods, we were talking about this season and the schedule, and we we're like, the schedule's so much easier than last year. And look where we are with the, with an easier schedule than last year. Look where we are. And look at the difference. I watched Green Bay and the New York Giants this morning, and the Giants look like a completely – different team than last year I, I you know going into this season I was like oh the Giants are a mess they're going to be at the bottom of the NFC East and the NFC and oops nope that was us we're the we're the mess and they look like a team who knows exactly what they want to do they play smart on uh, offense they they're not very explosive on offense they have their deficiencies but here's the thing they're aware of their deficiencies daniel jones threw it for what 180 some yards only 27 times or something like that today um they don't try to make daniel jones throw it 40 times like how we try to make carson throw it 40 times they try to be balanced and they play smart on defense they don't give up too many big plays they held aaron Rodgers to like 20 points and i just wish we kind of did something some of those smart things we kneecap ourselves so much we do things that are like opposite of what uh is in our best interest so many times we're our own tanya harding is what you're saying uh yeah. <laughs> we need to carrying ourselves um you know what's crazy the teams in the what the seventh place or the teams battling for that last playoff spot are the packers the rams and the cardinals so think about this where we are and what we'd have to overcome to fight our way back into that it, you know, and then the division, the Eagles are four and oh, they'd have to utterly collapse in order for us to make our way back there. Yeah, I mean, Japan says that we're the third team, or like we have the third draft pick right now. Um, I, I can't talk about that right now. That hurts my feelings yeah, thinking about it. I think if there's, I think we're we might be better than Carolina. That's yeah. the only one I can like legit team that I could legit even say that we have a chance of being better than. Um, I don't think, I mean, you know, Detroit is one in four, um, but they just curb stomped us like three weeks ago. So yeah. that's not, yeah. you know, that's not even a, in the equation. You know, the Raiders are, you know, probably not a well-coached team, but they got a lot of talent. I don't know that, you know, we beat them. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I don't, I really think we're going to have a top five draft pick next year. I really do. I'm, I'm ready to start talking mock drafts. I'll, I'll do my first mock this week uh, if, if we feel like we need to. There's no really top-notch quarterback coming out either, unless you want to consider Bryce Young. Uh, Bryson McCall. Hendon Hooker. It won't matter. And these guys, yeah, I just – yeah, there's not a uh, there's not a Joe Burrow coming out this year, Rivera unfortunately. I got something for you guys. This late in his tenure, he is not doing it. Period. What do you got, Bryce? I got so I think I read this uh, during the uh, offseason when we were doing, um, you know, some of those mock drafts and stuff like that. And this um, when we got Carson Wentz, I had, uh, I was looking at uh, a bunch of Indianapolis articles and stuff. Uh, and I found this one um, and they, they wrote about Carson Wentz season. So Indy went four and eight in games where Wentz threw the ball 27, uh, uh, he threw it 27 or more passes. They went four and eight. When he uh, threw the ball less than 27 times, they were 5-0. and And, you know, it just, you know, that kind of common sense thing, that's not something that wasn't known, right? That's why they ran the ball so much in Indianapolis last year. And it, Carson was able to, you know, put up good statistics with that number. I just don't know how we thought, oh, we'll, we'll just go the opposite way of that and we'll th have them throw it 40-plus times and we'll win every game. I just I don't know how that thinking could exist with our coaching staff when the evidence was right there in front of us, right? We saw all of that production. We saw those games. We had that film in front of us. So 4-8 uh, and eight where he threw it 27 times or more, 5-0 and oh when he threw it less than that. Yeah. So what you're saying is uh, Scott Turner should throw it more because that's probably what he heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it was like the Scott Charlie Turner Brown either. thing. All Scott Turner heard was want, 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 want. Yeah. Right. He's right. an avid listener to our podcast. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, he is. He is. Like, I should throw it more. I think we should really chuck it more. That's the problem. <laughs> Too many run plays. We, uh, yeah. Eric and I went out to uh, OTAs 
on May 31st. And I made some notes about what I noticed out there. And I want to go through these and you guys tell me if uh, you feel like this actually came to fruition. But um, Curtis Samuel is back. And you can read this, by the way, on WFTDeclassified.com. Curtis looked fast and fluid on the field. Uh, he also had several plays with handoffs out of the backfield. I think that held up pretty true. Curtis has uh, been moving around, been active, been involved in the game, got some handoffs, pretty good. Cole Turner might be a guy to watch. Turner's gigantic, but a very smooth runner. Hands are like glue. It's very difficult not to be impressed with him. <laughs> Cole Turner mm. is a nothing burger so far this year. Yeah. He's it's, on the uh, field this week, though, so that's something. Yeah. yeah. Step in the right direction. Can't make plays if you're riding exercise, Mike. But just a, uh, you know, with an offense that's struggling, it took till now to get him on the field. Uh, just, you know, that's a head scratcher right there. Yeah. Sam Howell's arm is electric. Doesn't matter. He's not playing. Skipping that one. It is, though. It, it does look electric live. Yes. Brian Robinson looks the part. Leaving that alone, he's he's just coming off the injury. We'll, we'll revisit that one later this season. Deron Payne. Deron Payne might be the biggest human I've ever seen. He, he is big huge. Movements going against the coaches working with him. Yeah, that that's true. Deron Payne is a beast out there. He had some great plays today. Uh, J.D. McKissick looks great. You can tell Randy Jordan really enjoys having around. J.D. was – or, yeah, but anyway. Uh, no, uh, he hasn't been great so far this year. He had some uh, plays this year – or this game, uh, late in the game especially, but he has not been great. In fact, I think PFF rated him like in the 50s so far this year. I bet he goes home and watch Buffalo tape and just cries. <laughs> I could be there right now. Yeah, drinking milk in the bathtub, crying, watching film. I, yep. I bet he does. <laughs> uh, we we know that Chase Young was at the facility. That's true. Hopefully, he gets back on the field at some point. Uh, this is Gibson's backfield. I proclaimed. Yeah, Gibson has a great presence about him. It's where he uh, stays most of the time. Doesn't get out of the backfield. <laughs> he loves it there. <laughs> he has like a two-yard bubble around the backfield that he sticks in. All of our running backs, sir. Okay. Um, Dotson was very impressive, caught everything thrown to him. That's been mostly true. He had one game where he had a couple of drops, but Dotson's been great. And the last thing, Wentz is impressive. It's hard to put into words the difference between Wentz and what we've had previously. And 2,800 people read that article and said, you guys are amazing and you're right. And Wentz has looked a lot like what we've had before, but in different ways. Not entirely his fault, though. Um Dave in D.C. says, Allen and Payne are really the only players fun to watch week in and week out. Dave, I will add to that that I think uh, Jamin Davis's progression is fun for me to watch and track. I think Derek Forrest, anytime he's on the field, is extremely exciting and fun to watch. And, uh, yeah, anybody else that you guys like to watch? I like to watch Terry when they throw it to him. That, yeah. catch, that run after the catch he had today on his first reception was ridiculous. Yeah. Gail he broke, Sarah. like, three tackles. Yeah. yeah. That was he great. Was he was definitely pissed. He's like, if you're not going to throw it to me, I'm going to make the most out of this one here, this one catch I've got. Um, but also, I like Cam Curl. He made a couple of plays today, uh, some smaller ones, but uh, those two, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, in Japan says, Ron Rivera uh, says, within three years, you should know if the plan is working. Also, Ron Rivera, we're sticking with the same plan. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's just, hey, you got to give him credit, man. He's going out, you know, his way. You know, it just, it might just be the worst possible way in today's NFL, but he's going out on his terms. So you can do that when there's no chance you're going to get fired. You can exactly. do whatever you want, and that's what yeah. he's doing. Ironclad five-year deal. He is yeah. going nowhere. <laughs> Neither is Scott Turner. Yeah, yeah, yes. David DC says they need to allow Davis just to be Davis. Amen. Amen. Let him move around. Let him be quick. But he is he is becoming what we thought he might be. I mean, I cannot overstate how impressive he was in coverage today. Um, even that catch that Henry caught that he almost scored on, Davis had the presence of mind to stop going for the strip and just tackle him short of the end. It didn't matter. He scored two plays later, but he's where he's supposed to be, which I don't think he could have yeah. said last year. They took they the concrete take, out of his shoes, yeah. Yeah, they still take him off the field a little bit too much for my liking. Yeah, they got to stop doing that. He needs to be on the field. He needs all of those reps, and when they take him off the field, it just stunts his growth. He needs more plays, more reps. Keep him yeah. on the field. They brought in Brian pointed out to me. They brought in Bostic on rundowns, and then they Henry did. put bananas. So yeah. <laughs> it didn't work. No, they did. All right, fellas. Any final thoughts, Brian? I'm gonna start with you. Final thoughts. Um, nothing's changed. 
it's the it's the same formula. We look a little bit better in certain spots. The defense played better, um, you know, this week. Uh, they still have some of the same deficiencies, though, right? Like if you chuck it deep on us, uh, it's almost certainly going to be a catcher or a DPI. Uh, the offense, Scott Turner hadn't learned any lessons. Twelve runs today, um, and uh, we twelve runs, and we barely could get to seventeen points. Barely got there. Um, I know everyone will point to the uh, the two big plays. That's great, but that's not an offense. That's not how you build an offense. That's not how you sustain an offense. Um, so, you know, uh, I, I don't see anything changing. So, you know, buckle up. Next week's going to be rough. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Yama Japan says, can we trade Wentz to Miami? No, sir. No, they're not taking anybody right For now. For Jalen Waddle <laughs> And Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. We can have five receivers we never use. Uh, yeah. Eric, <laughs> what are your final thoughts? Yeah, if this was, if they don't beat the Bears, they probably won't win again before the bye week. Um, <laughs> yeah. When's the bye week? Uh, like week fourteen. Oh, yeah. I maybe the you know the, 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 looking at the upcoming games. I mean, you've got the Bears, the Packers, the Colts, the Vikings. The Eagles, the Texans, the Falcons, and the Giants, and then you got by. You got a chance against the Falcons. Um, the Texans are way better than Washington is right now. Uh, I think they just beat Jacksonville today. So uh, yeah, I, I don't. If they don't win this week, this is probably their last chance. Uh, and I'm if they don't win this week, I mean they're probably. I'm not sure they're going to win five games this year anyway. But if they don't win this week, they might not win five games this year. After the bye week, when teams you know either are either beat up or uh, you know resting players, they might have a chance. But um, yeah, this is going to be a very long season, and I hate to be a Debbie Downer, but I am. If we don't win five games after spending twenty eight milli on a quarterback in any other situation other than Washington, that coach is out of here. He's gone. Yeah, but this is Washington. And we have Dan Snyder and all his luggage, baggage, excuse me, as the owner. And therefore, Ron will go out and sign another $28 million quarterback next year to back up Carson Wentz if he wants to. He'll and go nobody, trade for Matt Ryan next year. <laughs> nobody's going to say anything yeah. to him. Yeah. Um, listen, listen, listen. Um, let's see. Somebody said something I wanted to say something about. Now I've, I've forgotten what it was. But, uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to put this out later in the week on a five reasons why benching Wentz is not the answer. But one of those reasons is that look at the record of our opponents that we've played so far, minus the Detroit Lions. I think going into Sunday or today, our opponents were 10 and six. And the Titans are now what? Three and three two? And two. Three and two. Yeah. So, I mean, we are playing a high quality of opponent, generally speaking, most weeks outside of the Lions. So it's not like we're just you know, dropping the ball against some of these, but there, but there's no, everybody's playing well except us right now. So I, to X point, it's, it's difficult to kind of see when we're going to get that next W. Now, I think that the giants are, are playing above expectation at some point, statistically, they normalize back to where they're, they probably really are. So I see some wins there, but we'll talk about that as those games come up. Uh, my final thought is this every week when you watch this football team, you see that there are opportunities or things that they could do to win the game. The issue is we are never doing those things. We are never taking advantage of the opportunities that exist. The defense plays a little bit better, and we don't do anything on offense. We literally, Our whole offense was based on two plays, and, and that is a difficult pill to swallow because – the defense, we screamed at the defense. We screamed at him, screamed at him, screamed at him. Our offense is great. If the defense just figures it out, we'll be all right. And then the defense started to figure some things out. And our offense says, oh, we're just kidding. We're actually not that good. But we have the playmakers. We will never be a good offense until we figure out how to get the ball in our playmakers' hands. It's not going to happen trying to beat every team getting 100 yards in one play. You can't do it. Just like in baseball, there's no five-run home run. You can't do it. You got to hit singles and doubles. We refuse to take the singles and doubles. We want home runs, and that's it. We can beat teams by throwing the ball in the middle of the field and then forcing them to react to what we're doing, and then we can go over the top. Bust them in the head at that point. Run the football. If we can figure out the run game, we can be more effective. Carson Wentz is slowly, very slowly improving in the offense. 
but the offense is not doing them any favors. The play calling is not doing them any favors. We have got to stop passing the ball so much in obvious passing situations. We have got to stop getting into obvious pass situations. You know how you do that? Run the football. And if you know you're going to go for it on fourth down, run the ball on second down, okay? Just get some of the yardage back so you're not going against a third and nine plus. Run the football. Running the ball is a tool. It is a weapon. And that weapon stays, or that tool rather, stays in our toolbox at all times until we have no choice but to run the ball. We have got to figure out as a staff, not we, them. The commanders have to figure out as a staff how to manage these games better. Ron doing it by himself is not working. Time management, god-awful. Game management, god-awful. Play calling, situational play calling, god-awful. There were some defensive calls where we brought pressure. There was no need. It was like third in a million. Just play defense. Just trust your defense. Make it happen. So there's a lot of things that we can do. We've been bad so far. I do see that there's opportunities for us to be more competitive. Is it going to be enough to win the game? I can't tell you that. But as we are hitting the 60-minute mark, we are out of here. Everybody listening, we appreciate you so much. Everybody interacting with us on um, in the live chat, thank you for doing that as always. Uh, we appreciate hearing from you all. Make sure you all are subscribed. Go tell a friend to tell a friend. We are out of here. Good luck with the rest of your week, fellas. We'll be back on Tuesday at 8.30 sharp. Peace out.